1: Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast, a podcast devoted to adding value to your career or candidate search, brought to you by VIP. I'm your host, Casey Haston. I'm an executive recruiter, Director of Recruiting with VIP, and you're all around Hiring Guru. And you know it is my goal to bring you fascinating thought leaders who are going to either help you directly with your job search or are gonna help you with your mindset so that you get that great next job. So today I have a very special guest. I'd like to welcome Rick Carson, best-selling author of Taming Your Gremlin and founder of the Gremlin Taming Institute. He is passionate about helping people overcome difficulties and is here today to share some of those strategies to reduce self-defeating behaviors and beliefs. Rick, thank you so much for joining us today.
0: It's absolutely my pleasure. Thanks for inviting me.
1: Uh, you know, I couldn't help but invite you after I saw you speak at an international Coaching Federation conference. Ah uh, yes. So yeah. and, and I'd really like to kind of it's really important to me that I help people understand the importance of connecting and the importance of, as my mentor always says, getting your ask in gear. Notice I said yeah. ask. <laughs> um, and, and that's what I did with you. I just reached out to you on LinkedIn after hearing your talk and you were kind enough to call me. I was like, you didn't even just answer the LinkedIn, you called. That's great.
0: Yeah, I'm about as low tech as you can get. So. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm old fashioned.
1: So. Well, you did a fantastic job. In fact, I think you actually did a coaching session with one of the attendees at that one. And I mean, that I'm was raw. Sure
0: yeah, I may have done a few. A lot of times when I'll do those things like keynotes or whatever, uh, I'll only talk for a few minutes and sometimes I'll have them interview me and then uh, I just open it up for questions, which leads to, to opportunities to work with people right there. So.
1: Well, and I remember that you said that you were, um, that you didn't want any notes or anything ahead of time for that particular conference because you just like it to be so organic. And I think that's beautiful right. because your work is just, yeah. You know, so timely. I mean, and we—I was just showing you my book, and you were uh-huh. showing, you were telling me you're like, "Oh, look, you've got the 30-year imprint on it." And but it's been almost 40 years since you wrote this book now.
0: <clears throat> That's right. When that book was first published, Harper Collins, who's the publisher, was Harper and Rowe, Which some of your <sighs> listeners who are as old as I am will remember Harper, Harper and Rowe, and then they became. Harper Collins. And so, yeah, I wrote it in 83. It was published in 84. So it's it's interesting, really, Casey, because it's never been a blockbuster, but it, it just continued to sell. And so they after about twenty years they asked me to do a revised edition, then a sequel, because they just they don't see that very often with books, you know. Yeah. But they just keep going. So I've been I've been thrilled, you know, considering I started with a bunch of actually a legal pad and a pencil.
1: You know? It's and nice. I love your graphics that you use to kind okay. of throughout the book yeah. to depict the gremlins and the things the issues that we face and stuff and so did you hire somebody to draw that or what what's the I, job?
0: I interviewed a lot of artists and yeah. the guy that illustrated that his name is Noble Rogers and he also illustrated the revised edition he illustrated uh, another book I wrote he illustrated a master class in gremlin timing he uh He's retired, but he actually came kind of out of retirement to illustrate those. The reason I went with Noble was he. the other artists that I talked with, they all wanted to make the Gremlin kind of cute. And this is before the Gremlin movie, before any of that stuff, you know. And I didn't want it to be so repulsive people wouldn't pick up the book, but I didn't want it to be cute. Your Gremlin's not cute. Your Gremlin's out to eat your lunch. It's not some joking matter. It's not merely an inner critic. Right. Know. A lot more to it. We might get into that.
1: Uh, we're absolutely gonna get into that. So we, you've, we've just said, this isn't gremlin, this isn't like gizmo off the gremlins, you know. So what is a gremlin? What's your definition of a gremlin? And what inspired you to share your perspective about overcoming them?
0: Oh man, I mean, there's a. it's not just a perspective, there's a very distinct method. Uh, call the Gremlin Taming Method, it's very precise. The gremlin is that part of, the, I call it the monster of the mind that is out to squelch the, the vibrant soul that is the essence of who you really are. Uh, and so in one sense, gremlin timing, in fact, in the main sense is not about the gremlin at all in the same way that you know, a beautiful statue that exists within a bunch of stone, you know, you chip away the stone. The Gremlin is the stone you chip away. The method is all about revealing, I've called it different things in different books. You can't circle with the word, you know, soul, spirit, prana, ray, chi, ki, the primordial vibration, kingdom within, I don't know, people, it, 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 it's, it, it's the essence of who you really are and it, always feels just fine. It's peace. And so this is about tapping into that feeling of simple peace and contentment. And it works. It doesn't have to be created. That thing's already in there. It's easier to tap into under some circumstances than others, but it's always in there. Always it doesn't in leave you. You may leave it, <laughs> but it doesn't leave you.
1: And I shared with you when we had our initial conversation, you know, that I just went through coaching school and that we right. I guess we're using some of your techniques that you have to identify oh, okay. our own gremlin so that we could go forward with our coaching and I had meant to bring my gremlin because I did a visual representation oh, wow. of my gremlin. I well, meant to bring it, to it today me. I'll send you a picture um, yeah, dude, really. I, I forgot really. to do it but it was very healing and at the end we had to let go of, we, we thanked our gremlin because they're really just trying to keep to protect us but when they protect us they keep us small and we thanked our gremlin, hugged our gremlin and said, we don't need you anymore. It's time for you to go. And that was, it may sound like a very simple thing to do, but it was powerful.
0: Good, I'm really glad.
1: Absolutely.
0: It, uh, yeah, that's interesting. It, it's used at a lot of coach training programs. I know the method is where people are introduced to to gremlin time. Now.
1: Absolutely. And I'm really glad,
0: you know, it's become kind of, uh, common parlance among coaches and therapists now but you know when I wrote the book it wasn't that way was <laughs> a new concept
1: well so. and you and that's what I tell people I'm like this is the guy that kind of introduced the terminology terminology and the methodology for identifying and I mean he's why we call them gremlins today you know that's so right. that is so cool so cool yeah. so how can someone recognize their gremlin when it starts to affect them
0: well, there are a couple of ways. I mean, your gremlin, number one, your gremlin is not your negative thoughts. Your ne- gremlin is not your fears, all that stuff. It's not your catastrophic experiences from the past. Your gremlin is the part of you that uses that stuff to squelch who you really are. Mm. And I get asked, I've been asked a lot of times, where it, where does it come from? Why do we have that? So I'll, the, the answer is, I don't know. I don't have <laughs> a clue. But I've never met a human being that didn't have that duality going on. So the, sometimes people ask me, "How do you know it's your gremlin?" Well, there are kind of two things. There's a difference between a gremlin attack and and constructive thinking. You know, my one is the way it feels. If you're going through a, a gremlin attack there's gonna be a few poisons involved, which we can discuss. They all feel different, but basically they don't feel good. And Mm. the feeling happens in the center of your chest. Your breathing will get shallow. That's gonna be followed by tension in your trapezius, which is gonna be followed by tension or discomfort or pain wherever your most vulnerable area is at the moment. Okay, So that's one way you notice. The other is a way to know whether or not you're you're ruminating and dancing with your gremlin or just thinking about something is how long it lasts. Constructive thinking may not be a barrel of laughs all the time, but you can, a constructive thinking about something, five minutes of constructive thought is a lot. Beyond that, you may be ruminating. So you'll know, you're breathing a bit shallow, there'll be tension up here, you'll be uncomfortable and you'll be locked in the world of mind which it's not a horrible place. You know, you got nice memories and fantasies and creative thought, but there's some terrible neighborhoods up there. And even if you don't encounter your gremlin, it's where where he lives or she lives. If you just spend too much time up there, you're gonna end up getting uh, the blues and, and uh, have high anxiety. It's just the way it works. So you gotta understand, you gotta learn how to leave the theater, not all the time, and how to choose, breath to breath, moment to moment, where you're going to be, and it's not easy. It takes practice.
1: And I love that you said that, and you lay out such clear framework in your book on how to do that. And but I love the way that you just said that you have to choose. I think that is something so many people don't realize is that exactly what you just said. From moment to moment, you have the opportunity to choose who you're going to be tomorrow, and how you're yeah. going to respond to the world. You get to make you're that choice be in the
0: moment how you're gonna be in the moment.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So the full title of your book reads, Taming Your Gremlin, a surprisingly simple method for getting out of your own way. Um, right. How how do people tend to get in their own way when it comes to their career growth?
0: Oh man, well, <laughs> there, your gremlin has several methods, but let's pick, let's, let's do maybe four or five. Okay, wow. Okay, one is uh, just worry, scaring the hell out of yourself. Worry is predicated on fear. Mm -hmm. And I just told you the way to tell the difference between worry or ruminating and constructive thought. It's the way it feels and how long it lasts. But worry is predicated on fear, always. So fear has a very specific, it's a very specific physical sensation. You really start noticing it. And with all of these, it starts with shallow breathing. You know, there's a lot of talk right now, Casey, about the importance of belly breathing and all that. And that's, your breathing is a regulator of your internal experience, but it's also an indicator. When it gets shallow, it's telling you, you're at the front end of getting into the world of mine and possibly getting lost up there. So you wanna attend to it all the time. So one thing is worry, okay? Is, Is your criminal shoot you a horror movie Put it in front of you invite you to watch it and get you lost in it second thing regret's not a bad thing i mean if i stepped on your toe i'd regret it but if you dwell on a regret it you only got to really ask yourself two questions ideally anything for me to learn from this Mm -hmm. and any action to take beyond that it becomes a feeling called you're probably not familiar with this guilt oh <laughs> yeah that, that's the granddaddy i mean that and that occurs right here in the center of your chest up the part of your abdomen and not a good thing for a body it serves no purpose some people say well it keeps me in line the hell it does
1: <laughs> you don't need
0: that to stay do be like you want to be
1: exactly so
0: one poison worry another poison guilt Another poison, uh, gosh, clinging. Now I'm all for anger. I'm fine with anger if it's handled constructively. Reddens faces, changes relationships and better lots of time. But clinging to a resentment is like acid in a container. It eats up the container eventually. And that's a whole different experience. That tends to manifest in the digestive system. You cling to a resentment and you know, your jaw,
1: whatever.
0: Mm-hmm. So that's another one. Let uh, me think real quickly. But really, the real, I said the Gil was a granddaddy, the real granddaddy is trapping yourself in a concept, a belief of who you are and how you think you're supposed to be and how you think the world works instead of just having your own experience. Yes. It's unfolding for you right here and right now. Yes. Trusting yourself just to, to go based on your experience. So many people caught up in their heads with all that stuff, you know.
1: Well, uh, and we're taught, and then, we're, ta- we're taught, no, you're fine. This is fascinating and I love the poisons that you just gave us um, examples of, because as you were saying it, I could feel my body like, with each of those, even though I wasn't thinking about those, it, it still brought out that emotion, right? And we're yeah. taught, yeah. as the, the as baby coaches here, we're taught, you know, to really learn to recognize those limiting beliefs when people are having them and find out where they came from. In yourself. First. Yes, absolutely. In yourself. And That's help the reframe no. them. So Just abs-
0: imagine, Casey, okay, so here's something for you to play with or for anybody listening the next time you find yourself enduring one of those poisons, worry or guilt or putting yourself down or trapping yourself in a concept or clinging to resentment, really notice what it feels like in your body and accentuate it. Really accentuate the physical sensation. And then as you oxygenate each of those key points of tension and open up, ask yourself, when you recall this experience, what medical, what physical malady you will develop or exacerbate over the next five years and what you're gonna look like, okay? I mean, imagine, you see people who are all gnarled up. Yeah. You know, it's not a virus. i I mean sometimes we have illnesses you
1: know no but i know exactly what you're saying it makes so much sense i mean with everything that i've been reading and learning lately it just it kind of just solidifies that you know just like we were talking about before we came on about the mind being such a powerful powerful tool and like whatever you think that's what you see and that what comes to fruition so if you think you're a horrible person you're going to become a horrible person right yeah so all those things i think that's so fascinating so and, and that kind of brings just, me to the next question, in, unless you wanted to add to that.
0: I just wanted to say, it's actually a response to what you were just saying, that yeah, you, you get a gift when you pop out onto the planet and the, you, you get the, the gift of life, that's the main event, but you also get the power to think. That's a gift, but what you think, that part's up to you.
1: Yep. that's so true. So you've said that the book is not intended to guide you to enlightenment, but rather to help you enjoy yourself more and more each day. I mean, and that's exactly the journey that I'm on right now. So I love that. Um, yeah. Why do you think so many people are so hard on themselves all the time?
0: I see people who have so many concepts, so many ideas of who they think they're supposed to be. Yes. And how they think they've got to line up their props and players for them to be okay. Instead of simply relaxing and seeing, there's a, there's no shortness of doctors, lawyers. There's a shortness, a short supply of people just being themselves. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. really finding out, not thinking about it, but starting to tap into who they really are on the inside and follow that. Yeah. That's what the gremlin taming method is all about. That's the bottom line. As I said earlier, it's not about the gremlin. It's about getting that thing out of the way. At the point you start to simply notice your gremlin, really notice, you're in touch with the observer. You're in touch with the natural you. And before long, with practice, I don't want to imply any of this is easy because it's simple, but it's not easy. You learn to direct your awareness to that. And it's a whole process. It's why it peeves me a little bit when people think they know of, you know, they, they know a little about gremlin timing. And so actually go out there and try to teach. It's not about positive over negative thinking. Your, your inner critic, that's just one tool that your gremlin uses. Your gremlin is your gremlin by virtue of its intention. And its intention is to squelch the vibrant one that you really are.
1: That, I'm just like, that is so good. I mean, we could just, that, so much information right there. And I love that. And that's, again, you know, it's so important. I think the best thing that has come out of my journey is not trying to be the Casey that everybody else wants to see, but showing up authentically yeah. and genuinely the Casey that I am. And if you don't like that it's person, obvious. yeah,
0: yeah, no, it's obvious yeah. watching you I know. Yeah.
1: And so it's been such a gift, though, because, and I don't have to, it doesn't matter if those around me like me or not. It really doesn't. It, it makes no difference to me. If you like me, that's great. I'll be your friend. But if not, that's okay. We don't have to be friends. But it's so just cathartic to reach that point. And I struggle with it sometimes still. It's always a process. But Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. D- deciding to be... <laughs> me and who I am and not worrying if it hurts somebody else's feelings, not not that I'm intentionally hurting people's feelings, but you know, not worrying that I'm not doing what somebody else wants me to do, right? Has been just freeing, absolutely freeing. You
0: know, one thing that comes up, this is related to exactly what you're saying is, if you do get negative feedback from somebody, even if it's from your gremlin, is it's fine to ask yourself, is there anything in there for me to use? You know, but you don't wanna take it to the point where you start doing an assault on your own character. It's just like, well, what can I learn from this? Anything I figure anything anybody says about me that's critical probably has an element of, of truth in it, even if it's my grandma. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give it thirty seconds and minutes worth of thought. But I'm gonna take it very seriously and say, Well what what in that can I use? You know. And I'm no master of this process, by the way. I'm just a real devotee of it, (laughs) and have been for decades.
1: Uh, Exactly. Oh no, and that's awesome. So, what are some simple daily practices that people could do to reduce this pattern of, you know, self-defeat?
0: First thing, I mean, the essence of the Gremlin Timing Method is to simply. Notice Mm. Not just what's going on around you. That's fairly easy. And not just what's going on in your body. All the time, your breathing is the focal point of that. And that takes a little more practice. But to begin to simply notice what's going on Mm -hmm. in your own head, your own concepts, your own beliefs. A belief is just an opinion that you develop loyalty to. And with practice, you start to notice those things. doesn't mean they're wrong. mean you have to change them but you want to get a sliver of light between who you are and all that stuff because you're not that stuff you can use it you can take it on but simply notice and when i wrote taming your gremlin the i mean the, the whole beautiful buddhist thing had not really come to the west and a lot of people didn't know about it so i had to there was no term like mindfulness and i had to come up with a term to describe the experience i was having and I thought, well, hell, it's just noticing, so I just called it simply noticing. <laughs> so that's that's the main step in the process. It's not the whole thing, but it's a it's an important part of the process. There's, there's a lot more to it than that, as you know. case again, anybody can do it, but it takes practice. It's simple. It's simple. It's simple. that you you're gonna get good at whatever you practice. You practice scaring the hell out of yourself or driving yourself nuts. You're
1: going to get right at it. That's the way it goes. Oh. You know, and I love that you share that, especially you call you, you call it noticing. And I, of course, call it mindfulness. Um, and I think that, you know, you're right. The Buddhists have a lot of things right when it comes to oh, really? calming your mind. And, and I'm one of those type of people. Every single assessment that I've taken in my life will tell you that, I mean, I go, 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 go. and so when i started meditating and sitting down and trying to be still it'd be like two seconds might be like nope can't do this gotta go (laughs) gotta write something down (laughs) you know know. but i've over the years just managed to really stick to it and you're right you've got to stick to it you've got to practice it and you've got to keep going on and on so i Mm -hmm. I really appreciate that as you know one of your techniques and and really the first technique that
0: Right. just just to remember that Mm -hmm. in terms of meditation Absolutely. it's all practice that's why they call it the practice of meditation sometimes it'll be total bliss and harmony yes. and other times it's going to be if i have to do this five more minutes i'm gonna kill somebody <laughs> Oh, you know, you're not that bad but it's like but you just do it you do what you're doing is you're trapping yourself in there with the monster of the mind you're basically saying okay you son of a gun let's get it on and then you're directing your awareness gently somewhere else to your breathing or to a mantra and of course it goes right back up there and then you practice again gently and then when you come back into the world mm-hmm. you continue to practice that you know uh, uh, so we're basically gremlin timing is turning your life into a meditation
1: that is wow what a simple way to kind of wrap it all up in a pretty little bow that's but it's true now that you say that and okay, haven't read the book is. that's exactly what it is so Um, So let's talk a little bit because I think this method is going to help our audience with stress as well because I think a lot of us get stressed, you know, because we're listening to that inner critic so much and we're playing out these scripts of things that probably are never going to happen, right? The worry piece. Um, I'm I'm real big on teaching people not to write scripts in your head and especially don't believe them. Um, but we know stress in the workplace is one of the top causes of burnout and turnover. So, and it's not it's not always easy just to let that go, you know. So, what are some strategies for reducing stress that you might share?
0: I give you in the interest of time, I'll give you four tips. Okay. They really I have challenged our listeners to practice for a week. Number one, is as soon as there's an upset, a glitch, just think of it as a blaring horn. You know, somebody sneers at you or, I don't know, the death of a loved one. I mean, can it be a heavy duty thing? As soon as you notice that glitch inside, you, remember your breathing's gonna get shallow, mm-hmm. you're gonna rem- remember one thing, and this one's a cognitive one, is I want to feel at peace. Ah. That has to become your, other than survival, your number one priority. Nice. And it's really why you do everything, a simple piece of content. Mm-hmm. That's what you really want. So you remember that. That's cognitive. The next thing to remember is doing that, finding that simple piece, which already exists within you, as I said earlier, is an inside job. It's an inner game. That's Tim Galway's term. And I really like it. It's an inner game. I like it's, that too. Yeah. It doesn't, I mean, sure, you and I and all of your listeners, I'm imagining, are pretty good at changing circumstance. You know, we're successful people, we've worked at it. But that inner thing is different. So basic of pleasure, I call it number one, is remember you want to feel at peace. Number two is remembering that it's primarily, not exclusively, but it's primarily an inside job. Yep. That inside job begins with number three, actually feeling where you end and everything else begins, mm-hmm. at least on this physical point. A miraculous sheath known as your skin. This is something for people want something very practical to start fooling mm-hmm. with. Feel air on your skin, clothes on your skin, no matter where you are. Play the game from within yourself. You're inside there watching the show. And you can participate in that show to whatever extent you want. Now, sometimes you just get pulled in, whether you want to or not, but your skin's still there. So the idea is to go back inside if you're getting caught up in something you don't want to be caught up in. Basic of pleasure number four is breathe, damn it, breathe. Remembering that your breathing is not just a regulator of your inner experience, it's not, it's also an indicator, as I said earlier. When it gets shallow, it's telling you, okay, you're at the front end, of starting to enter the warehouse. It's not a bad place, but it's a bad neighborhood. No, choose to be there, or to be here, or to be in your immediate surroundings. So there's those three realms. And when you're centered, you're always in one of those realms by choice. So,
1: that anyway, is- so
0: I'll repeat them really quickly. Okay. feeling a piece of top priority? Remember, it is primarily an inner game. That inner game begins with staying aware of the surface of your skin, air on your skin, clothes on your skin, and four, breathe. Damn it, breathe. There's a fifth one of I'll mention quickly, and then I'll hush. Relax your act to keep your act intact. In other words, it's fine to have a good image. You know, manage your image, whatever that is. You can get clothes to go with it whatever we all got the numbers we got right? mm-hmm. but don't be too attached to it because it's gonna get the dickens kicked out of it at some point
1: that <laughs> just
0: happens you know and it's not your life it's just you know it's just what you're wearing
1: <laughs> exactly you're inside
0: there you're inside there
1: i love it you've been in, there.
0: You've been in i've been in the air for almost 70 well for 77 years now you know i haven't changed much my body has
1: God knows it is. <laughs> <laughs> you need to go listen to that right. podcast I listened to this morning that with uh, no, no, no. on Mind no. Valley. So because anyway, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. I really <laughs> want to talk to you just a little bit before we get to our VIP question because you're right, we are running out of time. But I want to talk a little bit about imposter syndrome because this is something that I think every single human on the planet has to deal with, right? Um, and so, what is the imposter syndrome, and what can you take? care? Or what can you take if you're facing it? What's something you can do if you're facing that imposter syndrome? I know I've had it.
0: Yeah, when people develop a really good, uh, what the rest of us know is your persona. And mm-hmm. sometimes I'll call it your act, your advertising. You know, I've got mine, you've got yours, they change from time to time. There's nothing wrong with that. But two things, that you're best served if that advertising matches up with who you are on the inside. Okay, and you're best served if you don't get too attached to it, because uh, if you get too attached to it, then when you win strokes for that, just for that, you're gonna feel unattended to, like I fooled it somehow. You know, I fooled it, I'm mm-hmm. living a lie. Yep. But if you let that thing come out and be right out here, and you get strokes for whatever, it feels like, hey, tell me more. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me more about what you like. You know, it's fine. It's good, but the imposter syndrome is being too attached to your act, to your persona, to your advertising, basically.
1: You, you that's know, how I, you and, and I, that's, I love that because I will tell you just today. So I was on a virtual stage with some pretty big names and for me, and I'm just sitting there going, why am I here? I have no right to be here. <laughs> I have no yeah. right. I do not have the level of expertise that these other people have. And, and that's wrong because I wouldn't have been invited on that stage had I not had the expertise that no, was I relevant. That when
0: those other guests, when you were invited, they were probably saying, oh no, it's Casey. <laughs> I doubt it.
1: But thanks for saying that. <laughs> this has been absolutely amazing. I don't think 30 minutes is near enough time to go over this with you. I wish we had more time, but we are gonna have to wrap it up. So we're gonna wrap it up with our VIP questions. So are you ready?
0: Sure.
1: So these are the questions we ask every single one of our guests and I love hearing the interpretations, the answers and all that kind of stuff. So my first question is if you were chosen to be one of the first colonists on Mars, what three things or people would you take with you?
0: I'm I'm one of the first colonists? Yes. Okay, so I'm gonna, so all of the survival stuff is already there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make that important. <laughs> well, for sure, I would take, uh, no, this is a no brainer, this part, I would take Letty, my wife. Uh, we've been together, we've been married 44 years. So wow,
1: congratulations, that. that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Uh, She's older I than just, your Gremlin book. Your marriage yeah. is older than your Gremlin book. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, it's, I would take Letty, and uh, I would take, I tell you my first thought is our, our son and, uh, you know, the uh, daughter-in-law are about to have their first child, that's really our next grandchild. And uh, even though that's supposed to be arriving in early May, and I was going to say I would take him or her, but that would probably...
1: They'd probably probably, start a fight.
0: (laughs) Parents would probably think that's rude. (laughs) So, but uh, I have a lot of friends even from elementary school that I'm so close with. And a lot of them play acoustic guitar. I would take one of them because we know each other really well. They laugh at my jokes and foibles and I laugh at theirs. And same with Letty. I take one of them and I guess their guitar would count as the third item. I love the sound of an acoustic guitar. they all awesome. play, and sometimes I'll get it, and play with it. I don't really play the guitar <laughs> well uh, at all. So that's, I think, what I would do. Okay. Just off the cuff. You know?
1: That's pretty good. So I'm very interested to hear your answer to this. Well, I'm interested in all your answers, but this one in particular, because this is like my cornerstone. Um, so what's one thing you do each morning to set your day up for success?
0: Well, keep in mind success for me is really feeling a uh, simple piece of contentment. So the way I do that is I wake up in the morning and I always meditate. Uh, and for me, that keep, I'm, I'm, I'm tapping into that thing that's true on the inside. Mm-hmm. The one thing that's real. I mean, every cell in your body changes, all of that stuff, but that's real. And then during the day, I get knocked off center several times. So my practice is to return home to that experience several times an hour if just for a few breaths and I place reminders around and I have certain rituals like when I when I change settings Mm -hmm. not room to room but if I go from here to the car take I go back inside so really it's it's that simple meditation yeah
1: I hear that a lot from great thought leaders like yourself so I'm just I don't I, I think if One thing that I think that I hope people get out of this podcast, because yes, we give great tips on job seeking and stuff like that, but really it all starts with your mindset and you can't, your mindset, you need to find that clarity. You need to find that mindfulness. So I love that you said that. Um, All right, my final question. If your life's work was being summarized in a news article, what would the headline be?
0: Get it down to a headline would be something like, One of two would either be, I I was going to say relish your life, but that sounds too circumstantial, although I don't mean it like that. Uh, It would be like, be be you, be Mm. yourself, be yourself. That I said earlier, there's a shortage of people just being themselves. Here's where I am. Here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I'm feeling. Here's my experience. Yes. And trying to be something different. You've already got the greatest gift you're ever going to receive. You, you know, something finite, call it life, something infinite, I should say, came together with something finite, your body, which is going to eventually deteriorate, and the two came together to create the entity that answers to your name. My goodness, everything else is gravy or profit or however you see it. So really have gratitude for just being here. Enjoy it.
1: That's beautiful. I think that is a beautiful note to end this on. How do people find you?
0: Well, there is a webpage, tamingyourgremlin.com, and they can actually contact me through that periodically. If there, I don't do any formal classes currently, but you know, if there are people who really have a sincere interest in, you know, coaches and people who want to know more about gremlin timing and learn i occasionally will take on one or two people and do that thing with them. that's through the web page there are uh, several youtube videos on uh, I'm, I'm taming your gremlin uh there's a taming your gremlin facebook page uh if you go to the youtubes there'll be other people that have put taming your gremlin stuff in there which they're, they're really not supposed to do because <laughs> it's been my international trademark for decades right but So I don't care if you watch them, but I want you to watch mine.
1: Absolutely. And watch this one when it airs, too, because there was some really good information in here today. And I so, so, so appreciate your time. So I just have one last thing to say to you, Rick. You are a VIP. Hey, good for (laughs) me. (laughs) And that's a wrap for today. Join us next week here on the We Are VIP podcast. We'd love to know how we can help you be a VIP. To find out more, log on to wearevip.com.